Hello and welcome to the Spine Nerve Podcast. My name is Dr. Brian Hovez, and today we have the distinguished pleasure to welcome Dr. Raman Garai to uh, back to the show. It's been a while since you've been on, Dr. Garai. Thank you for joining me today. I'm glad to be back. I'm looking forward to this one. It's been in the works for a while, so it's nice to get back on the horn. Yeah, well, you know, we've talked about many different aspects of uh, PM&R, interventional spine, musculoskeletal medicine with you on in the past. But today, I wanted to actually talk about you and your story and kind of what has brought you to where you are today as a physician, um, but maybe more importantly, all of the steps that got you here along the way. So if you would be so kind, maybe give us the uh, comic book uh, number one origin story of what brought you into medicine and um, kind of how we started on this journey. Yeah, well, first off, let me compliment you on the um, topic of today's today's podcast. It's one of my favorite topics myself. Uh, I um. No, I, all kidding aside, I grew up, uh, so I grew up in the Bay Area and uh, not too far from you, actually. Uh, I grew up in San Jose. You, you grew up in Hayward, right? Or in uh, Hayward, Union City. City. Yeah, that's right. So we're not too far away. Um, and I went to, I did my undergrad there at, uh, I stayed in the Bay Area. I stayed over at Cal. Where did you, you go to undergrad, by the way? I forget. You see Davis. To, yeah, you were at Davis. We're not too far. And uh, so that was uh, the start. I think um you know, what got me into medicine, I think at that point, I was still kind of, honestly, I, I don't know what you were thinking about doing besides medicine, I don't know if you've thought about anything else. But at that point, I was kind of, I grew up in San Jose, we all we grew up in the Bay Area, the tech world is huge there, right? Mm-hmm. So that was one of the, the considerations. And so um, that was deciding between a couple of different fields. And those were those were the two medicine and, and tech. And ultimately, I decided on, on medicine. And um, like we can circle back, but I, I went the overarching theme. I went to uh, uh, the Caribbean St. George thereafter, after Cal and spent a couple of years out there. And then uh, the, the way that works there, you spend two years in the Caribbean doing your book studies and then a couple of years doing rotations throughout the States. Uh, followed that up with um, um, an internship in Brooklyn and New York and uh, then headed out to residency at um, the West LA UCLA program down in Southern California. And I did my fellowship there as well. And uh, left in 2015, left Southern California, 2015, 2016, I uh, ended 2015, early 2016, I started my job, my first job out of fellowship. And that was with uh, Kaiser and Martinez. Um, I joined a great department there and um, spent a couple of years working there. I met my current wife, uh, who, uh, in the Bay Area, and then she brought me out to Sacramento when I, when I needed a new job and uh, doctorating yourself were uh, so gracious to bring me on. So, and I've been here since. Oh man, before we got started, you said, uh, you're pretty sure you could tell your whole story in a, a very short time. Uh, I didn't, I didn't realize you meant, you know, three and a half minutes in, we'd be, uh, done with the story already. <laughs> no, I mean, that's not the, that's the overarching, you might want to go back, like, what, you know, what got you yeah no well so i mean it's interesting you brought up right i mean when we were growing up in uh in the bay area you know you brought up the tech versus medicine you know just so everybody understands i mean we were you know in in high school in the late 90s and so i mean literally as you're getting out of high school at that time i mean this is the dot-com boom right and so like you know half of the kids that i that i went to school with that were you know in you know the same ap classes that we were all in and doing all of those those same things you know, half of them went off over summer and made six figures, you know, working at a, a tech startup, you know, doing God knows what, um, you know, so I think, I think there's a, it, it does, it, it takes a very special person or at least a special calling uh, to, you know, look at that, see that, stay in the Bay Area and see it, right? I mean, you were at Cal, you know, in the thick of, 
seeing all of the what was to be about the future with with the dot com era, you know, coming in and then bursting and but yeah. the whole startup landscape, and then being like, you know what, I think medicine's my calling. No, no, that's not an understatement. The the you know off the freeway, the exit next to mine uh, after mine was called Silicon Valley Road. IBM is down the street. You know, and those things and and you know that original Apple shop is 15 minutes from my home. So. Uh, no, it was a very big influence. I looked past that and looked towards medicine. It was no, um, it didn't go without thought, right? But I think when I go back to what or why I picked medicine, um, I've always been around medicine, um, not through family, but I was just a, I like to let me say I was a clumsy kid, so I had <laughs> I was born with a congenital torticollis actually, and so they had to release mine in, uh, when I was like in second grade. I, you know, I was in, in and out of the ERs cornea abrasions, corneal abrasions, had a, you know, I had second, third degree burns when I was a kid and I was in a hospital. I really admired physicians. I, um, and kind of developed a, a deep admiration for the, for, you know, for the profession, I think, and that stuck with me. Um, and so I remember when I was younger, I was always, I thought, okay, I want to be a physician. I always looked up to the field actually. So, uh, and then when I got into high school, uh, I don't know if I told you the story, but I, uh, so I blew up my knee playing basketball. It was a, it was a against San Jose High, I think it was. And uh, so I tore my ACL and my meniscus and the orthopedic doctor that fixed my knee up, I mean, his bedside manner was terrible. I thought, <laughs> no, I really, that's what I thought. I was like, no way I could be better than this guy. And so, um, and so I kind of kept, so that was, that's when I kind of really um, kind of started focusing in, honing in a little bit. And then when, I, like I said, when I got to Cal, I got a little Kind of got a little double-minded. Thought, okay, well, you know, is this something I really want to do? The, the long, the track of it. Um, I had taken AP, the science, computer science classes in high school. Um, I was pretty good at it. Um, I even took the you know the Weeder courses over at Cal, and I did well there, aced those, and so I, I think I could have done it. But I think ultimately what I decided was, um, yeah, I could have made a lot of money in in tech and. And, and had a successful career, but what I've enjoyed it, what I've had a passion for it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't think I would have. I don't know how you felt or if you consider other fields. Um, that, that, was my, that was my deciding factor. I think. At the end of the day, at the end of my career, I'm gonna look back and say, did I, on a day-to-day -day basis, did I do something that I thought was worthwhile? Yeah. Uh, and that's ultimate. And then I, you know, I picked medicine. I was a little undecided for a while there, which kind of, um, I think hindered my, you know, my grades and, and uh, my MCAT. And, and I think that's the next step of explaining why I ended up in the treatment, but that was my thought process in, in school. What did, what did you undergrad, uh, what did you major in at uh, Berkeley? Yeah, I did molecular cell and uh, biology, microcell biology. Right on. The emphasis in neuroscience, it all came back. Yeah. <laughs> it all comes yeah. back, right? Yeah, right, I, every, everything's full circle. You know, my, my favorite memory of uh, Berkeley, um, of my time, you know, being down there, which was always, you know, visiting friends, which means I wasn't doing anything productive, um, is actually the Denny's, uh, that's right off of 80. Yep. Um, I, I, for whatever reason, that's the thing I remember most about, uh, my time in Berkeley, yeah. you know, eating, eating Grassland breakfast at 3 a.m. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> good. Yeah. Right. No, I actually had a lot of, it's a funny story. I have a lot of good stories and times about Davis. A lot of my buddies went there. And so I always kind of lamented that oh, I should have just ended up at Davis, but, uh, so that's funny that you share your mem you know, fond memories of, of Berkeley. I remember Davis quite well, but uh, 
So, so you so you ended up going down to to the Caribbean. Um, tell tell us a little bit about that. I mean, I th- you know, I think we have a lot of listeners that are you know maybe you know have been through uh, a similar situation, or you know maybe that's uh, something that they're they're thinking about pursuing. Like, tell tell us about the the experience of you know learning everything there is to know about medicine while having a beach outside. Yeah, right. So, I think the decision was if you know truthfully, if I can go back, the decision was probably a little short sighted, right? I I got a little down on myself. I looked at the um, I've looked at the, my bit point average and I was like somewhere around a three and my MCAT was like up sub 30. And I thought, you know, I knew it wasn't good enough uh, to get into a U.S. school at that time. I could have done a post-bac program or, and retaken the MCAT and increased my scores for sure. I think I got a, a this is where I got, it was a hasty decision. I thought, oh, I looked at the road. I, I thought it's a long road anyway. I don't want to spend another two to three years, three to five years. Um, doing extra uh, school. Let me just get this started. And so I had looked into I had a, mm-hmm. people I had known about the Caribbean. And tr- if I'm really honest, though, the funny thing is I, I always kind of looked at the Caribbean. I thought, oh, man, it's like second second cut. And that's that's just the honest truth, right? You know, I, I think people, it's a second grade um, track. And so, um, but I ended up going that track. And, and again, that decision was a little short-sighted, right? If, I think if I could go back, I probably would have told myself, hey, take your time. Do a post-bac program. I had friends who were doing post-bac programs like Rosalind Franklin over at Drexel, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. If you meet a certain um, grade point average and, and you get right in, and I think that would have been the right route for just doing the post-bac program, master's program, increase your grades, and take the MCAT again. Take your time. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's, I think that would be my advice to somebody looking to go overseas. There's nothing wrong with going to the Caribbean if ultimately that's what you decide to do. It's just a harder route. Um, in my mind, I think it's easy to get in, it's hard to get out. And, um, and so, and, and so it's not that I regret going there. Uh, it's just, it was just a harder route. And ultimately, I just, I'm happy where I'm at and I accomplished what I wanted to. So it's hard for me to um, lament my route. Yeah. Because it ended up really well. I remember telling myself in the Caribbean, if it ends up well, all's, you know, all's well that ends well, then I'll have no problem that I had gone there. And, and truthfully, it did. It worked out great. So I have no qualms about it. It's just, if I could go back and make it easier on myself, I would, you know, and it's way easier. It's harder to get in initially to the, the allopathic or the MD route, but do it. I mean, the other route I hear people talk about is the DO route and people ask me, well, would you go to the DO route? And I said, you know, that's also a little bit more difficult as well. There's some local geography that pay, plays in, like for example, Toro, we know in Vallejo, um, mm-hmm. they have good inroads with some of the programs here, including Davis. So they have a track record, decades of students going in and, um, setting a precedent and um, uh, creating a relationship. There's the same program, you know, the same um, story for Western down in Southern California or NICOM in New York has a great reputation. But outside of the local geographic regions, it's tough to kind of um, to send out your application. I think nationally, maybe I, I, I can't, I wouldn't, I, that's where I remember thinking about that. Yeah. And I mean, I think a lot of it too is, is the timing, right? I mean, you know, we're thinking obviously, you know, we're, talking 13, 14 years ago, you know, I mean, I think because of people like yourself, because of, you know, many of the, you know, great deals that we've worked with over time, over time, you know, because of so many uh, people that have gone that gone through that path and been able to achieve such great things, been able to become such phenomenal physicians. You know, I think, I do think that things are a little different now than they were back then. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, we're, we're talking applying in, you know, literally almost 20 years ago at this point, um, when I know makes it feel really old. Right. <laughs> um, but I mean, but it was, it was, it was different back then. Um, and, and I think, like I said, because 
because of people like you, because of, you know, many of the people that we've had the pleasure of working with that were also, you know, um, you know, graduates from the Caribbean, went to DO schools, you know, have done such great things, you know, paved, paved the path. It, I, I think that people are facing a much different uh, situation these days. I hope, I hope I'm, yeah. I mean, I, you know, we're not, we're not program directors, so I, I don't yeah. know. I, I'm, I, I can't, uh, I can't say I'll let you into my program, but, uh, I doubt that that's, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Maybe that's a little bit true for the future generations. I, I would imagine it still kind of holds true. What I said, it's harder to, it's a lot harder to come, come back. And, you know, it's easy to get in the Caribbean, hard to come back. I think maybe those, those roads are being built to path to make it easier, but, and rightfully so. I always tell people, you know, the, the top of the cream of the crop at the, in the Caribbean school I went to, they were, they were really good students. I thought to myself, like, why are these people at, um, you know, at some of the U.S. schools? Uh, I kind of felt that way by myself, but um, I know the decision I made, but it was always interesting to hear other people's stories who I knew were really smart. I've been around smart people all my life. We all have, right? We know who belongs where. And so um, the t- cream of the crop is just as good as, any, as, as anybody else. Um, uh, I think the, the middle grade students and lower, that's where the, the you know, it falls off. But um, ultimately, I think I would still say it's better to put your work in at the beginning and, um, and then rather than go to that tough path of the Caribbean. So I'll tell you what I mean by that. I mean, I really worked hard to, to try to get my, dig my way out. And so, um, you know, at the risk of, uh, yeah. It's not like I'm bragging or anything like that. It has nothing to do with that. But I had to double board 99s just to get a sniff at to, like some of the you know the decent interviews and programs, and so I had to work really hard to get to get good scores. And not that those matter now, so I don't mind saying. But um, that's what brought me out of that that hole that I dug for myself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and even even with those scores, you don't you don't get to um, you don't get the same I think shot at the the tougher residency, right? the orthos, the germs, and the plastic, or, or something like that. You're limiting your field. If you want to go, if you know you're going to be family medicine, and you've burned a couple of years, and you know you want to do something that's a little less competitive, then maybe the, the Caribbean might be a good route, or a decent route at that point. But if you know, hey, I want to, I want to do surgery, I want to be ortho this, or I want to be germ, that's a really tough, tough hole to put yourself into, um, yeah. I, I think. And can you do it? Yeah, there were people that did it in my class. Um, but we're talking about, you know, small numbers. Um, and so that's what I mean by why put yourself in that situation, put, put the work up in a front, I would say, and then, and, uh, and go from there rather than the other, other way around like I did. Yeah. Well, you obviously put the work in and, you know, I mean, you know, being able to go through the steps and be able to, you know, dominate the steps is always an, an amazing feat. Um, which, you know, at, at the end of the day, that means, you know, you, you had the skills and the talent and, you know, hopefully the, the schooling helped a, a bit to be able to get you into that situation. Um, but then, you know, as, as you're coming out, you're, you know, thinking about the future and, you know, may, I, I think I'd like to think that, you know, PM&R is a, a, a pathway that at least is, you know, much more respected, you know, now than, you know, in, you know, decades past and, you know, looking at the numbers that have come out recently, you know, I don't know, I always joke around, I'm like, ah, oh, man, I don't think I would be able to match into many of these programs in PM&R uh, these days. I'm glad that, you know, I'm old enough to have gotten in when it was at least a little bit easier. Um, yeah. But what, but what ended up bringing you to, to that route? So one of the, so get this, one of the, uh, on one of the flights, I'm going to step away to grab a charger real quick, but uh, uh, I, uh, I missed a flight. I didn't miss it. My plane, my connecting, my flight on the way there was late and uh, I missed my connector. 
So my mom, she makes a call to a friend on the East Coast who happens to be a PM&R physician. She picks me up and uh, my, the next flight isn't for a couple of days and for whatever reason, I think it was. And uh, she's a PM&R physician. So she starts to talk to me about the field on the way um, from New York to Connecticut where her home was. That's amazing. Dr. Baudry, yeah, she's telling me about it. She's like, hey, you know, you should look into it. It's, a, it's an interesting field. So I did, I looked into it. And the more I learned about it, the more I kind of liked it. I kept it in the back of my mind. Uh, and that's what really got me going on it. Um, you know, I had never heard of it. Uh, you know, as you know, um, a lot of physicians have never even heard of it. I remember meeting physicians in residency uh, and other fields when we rotate together and uh, they didn't know what, I, you know, what physical medicine rehabilitation was. Mm -hmm. is. So that's what got me going uh, into it. And then of course you do your rotations. And um, I, I was deciding between anesthesia, and I think PM&R and I think radio, I think I had some interest in ER some, as well. Um, but, and I actually, I had applied for anesthesia before my PM&R. And I think you, if you remember how the process works, I think at the beginning of September or whatever month it is, you put your applications in mm. and the interviews, you, they, you, you get granted first come first serve. Mm. I didn't put my application for PM&R till like midway through October. Yeah, it was like I, six weeks in, eight weeks in, and I still interviewed, no, I went and interviewed at, uh, you see where I ended up in, in Minnesota, RIC and a couple other places, uh, Miami, I think. And I ended up, I thought I was going to end up in like, um, I remember thinking Miami, I thought I was going to end up in Miami. I like Miami and Dallas's program the best. And uh, for me, at least, and um, cause I didn't think I had a shot at, down at UCLA, um, but which is another issue, right? The reason I didn't think I had a shot is because it's tough for the California to get a California, they call it a PTAL. Uh, pre-authorization letter. It's tough for the, the foreign students to get those. So it's a problem and that can be an impediment to getting a residency. So those types of things, that's another example of it. Yeah, interesting. I, I, don't, I don't think I ever uh, knew that there was a, another step or layer for for you to kind of get into residency in California. Yeah, no, uh, that's it. You need a pre-authorization letter uh, and it's a tough step. Yep. Huh. I mean, it's, it's, you know, the government, everything works slowly. So you got to make sure you get that that little that letter too so it's a little anxiety provoking yeah wow yeah give me one second <laughs> yeah sorry about that yeah but um yeah i mean i so that was that was it i mean i think you know it, it's interesting like another thing i was going to highlight was that um when I was talking about the quality of the, the, the students, and this is how close it is. There's a, there's a, there's a, um, there's a guy that studied with me, and uh, I remember, you know, programs always, uh, medical schools, they lose spots, like Drexel, for example, um, and people drop out or whatever, you change career paths, so they need to fill those spots. Well, the Caribbean, they sometimes accept uh, students from the Caribbean, and, for, and there was a, a guy with me um, sitting with me, we were pretty equal, and he he got one of those spots. But his career trajectory changed completely after that. And he was, you know, I looked, um, we keep in touch, and he ended up in Ortho and Andrews Institute and stuff, things like that, which is nearly impossible to do otherwise. Uh, coming out of the Caribbean, uh, you can do it maybe, but it's really really tough. And so, um, but what changed in his, you know, background? Nothing. You know, nothing changed. Uh, or in terms of his inherently how smart he was or how hard he worked, nothing changed. But his status as a from a Caribbean to a U.S. you know student changed. And that's what I those things kind of things I, I like to highlight to kind of illustrate the example uh, try to make.
Yeah. No, I mean, I think it makes sense. And, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I, uh, I, I always joked about it once, uh, you would kind of got into the upper, uh, you know, into graduate schools and, and, and the like, and, you know, then as yeah. you get into graduate schools, you start, you meet people that went to, to different colleges and, and, you know, and obviously, you know, in California, going to the UC system, like, you know, it's good, you know, but it's, it's also pretty standard for, you know, California kids that, you know, do fairly well in high school that you end up at a UC system. Um, and then, you know, you make your way and we had the opportunity to, to live in New York and to live in Boston. And then you, so you meet people that went to like, you know, schools that are, you know, internationally known, right. You know, UC Davis is a great school. Don't get me wrong. I'm very grateful that I got there, went there, had a great time, learned a lot, got a great education. Um, you know, but there's a difference between UC Davis and Harvard, you know, there's a difference between UC Davis and MIT and, you know, Cornell and, you know, and just in terms of the doors that a name like that opens. Right. And I, and I, and I think that's kind of what you're, you're alluding to is like, you know, there, there is an inherent, you know, maybe conscious or unconscious bias that, you know, open opens or closes a door, even if ever so slightly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, the, the, those programs, they, but they deserve that reputation. They, you know, and if you get into one of those, you, you earned it. Uh, I really, I, and I believe that. So, um, and, and that's not to, and I had a great education. I mean, like I said, at, at St. George's just, um, so I have no qualms and no regrets about having done that. Um, but, but I still feel the way I do, I think for that, for those reasons, and it's an important message. I think I, I kind of like to share. Yeah. Uh, if you end up in the Caribbean, that's perfectly fine too. You just got to um, work hard and, uh, and focus on the things that are important there. Just get focused and get focused on your studies. It's fine. It's a great education. I learned plenty there. I was a better student there than I was in undergrad. That's for certain. And, and you know, ironically, I got a lot of credit in undergrad, but I didn't get any coming out of the Caribbean. It was so much better. I knew so much more coming out of uh, St. George, but um, that's just the way it is, right? That's life. Yeah. It was great education, to be quite honest. And it was a great experience, man. You're kind of joking, like, oh, living on the beach. And uh, I always make that joke that people always think I'm, um, you know, I was just hanging out on the beach every day, studying or having a beer while I studied. And uh, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> no, it wasn't that way at all. I, it, was, it was it was tough, man. It was tough. You work in you know you're working hard. You're, you're sitting in paradise, but you're in, in the library all day. You're hitting yeah. the books, and but you try to enjoy it here and there. But uh, yeah, it was a very interesting experience. It takes you out to a different right. You're young. You go to a different country, different culture, um, and just exposes you to different things. So just a different. Uh, that's what medicine does, right? It exposes you to different people and, and cultures and. Uh, makes you well-rounded and, and this is just another way to do it yeah nice um, yeah and so uh i think we left off we were at the how i picked my how i picked team and r and then i ended up you know, getting matching over at ucla and yeah. so that was great that was wonderful it's like a dream you know dream come true as you know like a lot of the northern california kids when they match oh and they um they go to southern california for undergrad and mm -hmm. then undergrad guys from Southern California, they come up to North. So I never, uh, but I didn't do that. I stayed up North. So I was like, all right, great. This is my chance to, uh, to live in yeah. Southern California. It was, it was great. Yeah. You always got, you always got to taste the other side of the state, right? See what, see what it's like, even if just for a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, so then I, and then I did, uh, so I, I was, I did my you know, residency there and, uh, and then we end up in fellowship. If you want to hear how I ended up in fellowship, I would. I would love to. I, I. I think. I think that's another thing that comes up often is you know, PMNR residents making way through. I mean, you know, sometimes med students get picking, finding their way into you know, PMNR and or into different specialties. 
Um, but often it, you know, the residents as they're coming through, there's so many opportunities right ahead of you, right? I mean, especially a field as diverse as PM&R, where yeah. you can do, you know, you know, a multitude of, you know, subspecialization just for inpatient or, you know, many different, you know, paths to creating a, a great outpatient life for yourself. Um, you know, how, how did you think about it as you were kind of winding your way through getting through residency? I mean, obviously, you know, UCLA, West LA VA, PA, uh, PM&R program, great, great education, already pretty good exposure to, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of pain, a lot of, uh, musculoskeletal medicine, um, you know, really, really, really strong, uh, outpatient, um, thing. I say that as having been a fellow there, you yep. knew the residents, knew a lot of it. So for firsthand experience, being able to say those things, you know, but then, you know, making that decision to, you know what, I want to, I want to do a fellowship and then, and then deciding on which, what kind of fellowship to do. Yeah. I, um, you know, I, I knew I liked the, um, I knew I liked, uh, I knew I liked the MSK aspect of that's why I like PM&R. Um, and then, I kind of, I got exposed, um, I'll skip straight to the fellowship. I got exposed to the fellowship route really late because my, because my rotation in interventional spine was really late. It was like in the last half mm. of my, my senior year residency. So um, actually the match process had already happened, had already taken place. And, um, and uh, Dr. Jay Jung, who I rotated with and Dr. Uh, uh, Fish, uh, they, when I rotated with them, we had such a great time. And uh, long story short, they kind of surprised me at the end and said, hey, listen, what'd you think? I said, oh, man, it was wonderful. I wish I knew about it beforehand. And and uh, they said, well, you know, Jay, Joe, Dr. Jung calls me one day. He says, uh, hey, um, listen, what if I said we had a spot open for you, would you take it? And, uh, and, uh, it's, and I thought, oh my gosh, are you, you know, are you kidding me? And, and so, you know, I, I jumped on it, but we had a fellow already. Um, I was ready to take a spot and they created that second spot. And that's how I got it. Um, actually, it was like really late in the year and um, really fortuitous. I'm really fortunate for, you know, for me, I, I'm really appreciative of it, but that's how I got that spot. It was really late. Um, I knew I didn't want to do any other fellowship. At that time, I was thinking, I was going to go into uh, some type of job where I would do outpatient MSK based, um, and it would be a non-intervention probably. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but when I did that rotation, and um, I really, really enjoyed working with my hands, quick hit procedures. I didn't like, you know, going back to med school. I didn't like surgery because it was you're um, you're on your feet for hours at a time. I didn't like the hospital. I think it's too hectic. I didn't like nurses, ORs. Not that I don't like nurses. I just don't like the hectic stuff at all you know, personally. And then I get into this interventional field where, um, uh, you know, the quick hit procedures, five, 10, 15 minutes, and my back's not killing me. Um, and they're, and they're, um, uh, you know, done five minutes. I, I like the, 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 the pace of the procedures as well. Right. Mm. Um, so that's what really appealed to me. I don't know. I like to hear what you, what, you know, when, when you decided and you decided to go in and Oh man, my, well, my yeah, my my story is my story is a little different. I, I actually knew uh, going into residency that I was uh, going to be going into pain fellowship. So okay. my so my yeah my my path was uh, was quite a bit different than than yours was. I, I I love I actually love the way that you describe it though because you described like the the uh, the la or the hecticness of the hospital was wasn't something you liked. And yeah. my memory, especially of uh, of fellowship was uh were, were extremely hectic chaotic days of just constantly running in circles at the, at you know at the UCLA surgery center you know and you know and you know sometimes it was you you know you and I you know working out of uh you know one room and we had 
you know, quite a few patients and, you know, running back and forth to get patients, you know, checked in and seen and back in the room. And, um, and so it's, it, I think it's, it, it's a funny word. You know, I, I understand what you mean, but, you know, I, fellowship was actually quite, you know, had, had its hectic parts as well too. And it's particularly those procedure days. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the training is a little bit different. I think you got, you got, you agree though. Now out, in the outpatient setting, it's a lot, it's a lot more controllable and a lot yeah. to, yeah. Well, yeah. And I think that's one of the things to to point out to all of the people that are in training, right? I mean, when, you know, when you're in charge of your own schedule, when you're in charge of, you know, the way that you want to treat patients and the way that you want to set up your clinic, you can create that pace that, you know, that appeases you, that, make, that makes you happy and that you're, that you're comfortable with so that it's not, it doesn't feel hectic, so that it doesn't feel, uh, you know, chaotic and crazy. Um, so that, that, that's, I, I didn't, I don't think I actually knew that you, uh, that you didn't uh, realize early that you wanted to do intervention. Um, yeah, I um, no, it's it is true. I have to, I haven't thought about this in a long time, and it's been you know, but uh, yeah, I didn't get exposed to it very early. I think mean, that was part of it. Um, but I and the funny thing is, the funny thing is about all this ironic. When I went in, when I picked PMR, going back, the part of the decision was I remember. That doctor Bajwa on the way back to her home in Connecticut, she says, Connecticut, she tells me, well, you can also work with your hands, do some you know procedures and injections, and work with the spine, things like that. And I thought, oh, that sounds really fun, actually. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of turned me on toward towards it as well, um, and start to you know to consider it. And so, uh, right, you would think that would have been my mindset since since day you know from the start of residency, but. Um, no, it, it it wasn't, and I think part of the reason, yeah, it's it just wasn't, um, but uh, at the at the forefront of my mind. But as soon as I got into it, I really loved it. There was yeah. no doubt that I had, this is something I have to eventually end up doing. I was really, I was actually really bummed. I think that's part of the reason why Dr. Jung thought he opened it up was I was like, my gosh, I wish I was lamenting openly. I'm like, well, I don't understand why I got this this rotation so late, um, and not you know get a chance to work with. Uh, both Dr. Jung and Dr. Fish, the other thing they made it so they made it so fun and um, it just made it interesting to work. And I just love the environment, uh, and the setting, and uh, it was just I instantly fell in love with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it you know, a great mentor obviously you know sets you up for you know a lot of uh, a lot of easy paths to love love a field. Um, it's funny you the way you're telling that story. Like I remember being a fellow working with you know Dr. Fish and Dr. Jung and. Um, and, you know, having some of the students rotate and there's actually one of the, one or not students, one of the uh, residents is actually one of the chiefs was rotating with us. And it was, you know, probably later, later in the year. I mean, maybe even spring by that point, um, this poor, I, I say kid, he, young man that's finishing his residency, you know, going on to be a, uh, you know, about to sign his first, or he had, he had already signed his contract to work. He had always thought he wanted to do inpatient took on a, a great position uh, at a brand new inpatient uh, rehabilitation hospital, did the, did the rotation with us. And this poor guy almost threw away his contract. He was like, I'm having so much fun. He was <laughs> like, this is like, you guys, you guys make this so much fun. Like we're doing great stuff for patients that, you know, get to, you know, you, you do work that you really enjoy and appreciate, you know, having fun with it. Um, you know, thankfully we, uh, we convinced him that he had already made his life decision and, and, and he had already signed a contract. So he should stay with it. Um, and it's worked out quite well for him. I think he's actually the director of that rehab hospital now. Um, 
but uh yeah i mean it, it's just like you know kind of kind of a similar story to where you were where you just didn't get exposed to it at the right time um and thankfully it worked out for you and you know probably most importantly thankfully it worked out for you so that it worked out for for us and for our patients because you know now we have a a phenomenal uh, person to be able to to help uh, serve this community no i was you know i appreciate that those are kind words uh, but you know, the other, the other day when I thought about it, um, I was like, man, what a break I, I, I caught. I, mean, I appreciated it at the time, but I appreciate it even more in hindsight. It really changed the trajectory of everything I do for a living. I can't imagine doing this without the procedure component of it. I just enjoy it so much. And, uh, you know, I, I like to think I'm pretty good at it. And so um, I just can't imagine not having done the fellowship. Um, I imagine maybe if I hadn't done it, that cycle I probably would have gone back and done one, you know? Yeah. It worked out really well uh, for me, so uh, you know that's all thanks to these guys down there. Yeah, so, no, it's it's made, you know sometimes it's a uh, you know what's the saying better lucky than good. I mean, yeah. so, sometimes things just uh, fall fall into your lap, and uh, you know it happens for a reason. Yeah, Obviously, it. opportunities yeah. open when uh, you know people see something in you too, right? I mean, I don't think uh, Dr. Jung would have tried to figure out how to get funding for a second fellow uh, position if he uh, didn't uh, think that you would be a, make do a great job with that role. Yeah, yeah. No, we we enjoyed each other's company, so it was, it was a good time. And uh, and so that I think that ended my fellowship ended twenty fifteen summer twenty fifteen. And after mm-hmm. that, I had uh, I, I wanted to come back to the Bay Area at that time, and so I um, I started interviewing a few different places, and uh, ultimately I decided I wanted to go back to the Bay and. and um, there's a department there that had a couple of our old UCLA grads and I made it uh, comfortable and I ended up taking the spot of uh, who's someone who's down there now, Dr. Alan Chen. And so he vacated that spot for a spot in New York and worked at, I think went to Cornell, right? Uh, yeah, the Cornell Columbia program, yeah. The, the joint program. So I slid into that, that position in there. So that was a nice transition for both them and myself. And it gave me a chance to move back in the Bay Area and, um, so I, I worked for a couple of years there, like I said, and it was, it was going well. And then I met my wife and kind of, kind of convinced me to move to Sacramento. And, um, I think people, the other question people have is, especially with the California or the people who are on the West coast are exposed to the Kaiser system and what I thought about Kaiser, um, and the ups and downs. And, um, and I have the unique position to be able to kind of juxtapose that with uh, private practice. Um, I can get into that, but um, ultimately, I ended up in private practice here in Sacramento, spine and nerve, in 2018. I think it was March, and I've been here since maybe 2017. I forget. This is my fourth year. Come finishing my third, but um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, well, so I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I think it's a, it makes for, you know, obviously a great story. I mean, every story is a great story, and yeah, I think it sheds a lot of light on, you know, a, a path that. You know, I think there's a lot of people that are are are, are can commiserate with or commiserate is probably the wrong word or you know relate to, um, you know. But as I mean, as we're looking forward now, like so, what what are the things now that you're you know? I know that you know. Obviously, you you've been on the podcast before, and we've talked a lot about different things from you know different uh, injections to neuromodulation to regenerative medicine. Um, you know, there's a lot of amazing things that are happening in our field, right? I mean, you know, we we are extremely blessed to be you know, in this field, uh, in this era where there are so many innovations happening on a regular basis, you know, but what are the things that really have your attention? Like where, where are you, you kind of 
you know, spending your time, you know, get learning, edu educating yourself on some of the, uh, the new and upcoming, uh, uh, treatment options for patients and things that you want to be able to kind of, you know, continue to, to grow and in, into the future. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. This field is gosh. I, I mean, I, we say this, maybe obviously we're biased, we're in it, but what a wonderful field, um, to be in. Uh, it really is like the, the minimally invasive procedures, like you said, it's innovative, right? So there's new procedures coming out all the time. Um, and I'm just trying to gobble up and learn all of them um, just so I can help my patients. Um, so we do, we're doing mild, we're doing VertiFlex. Um, I'm um, focusing on uh, a lot of the, the uh, regenerative medicine and um, that kind of focus on the spine as well as the uh, peripheral joints, musculoskeletal. Uh, and trying to keep up with that aspect of, of medicine as it grows, the minimally invasive procedures that are coming in, because that's where medicine is going. You want, you don't, nobody wants to be cut open. Nobody wants to do those open surgical procedures now. And this field is just at the forefront of that with the, the image guided procedures that we're offering. Um, so I'm trying to hone my skills and try to be the best at every, every one of those uh, procedures and try to learn every one so I can offer my, add to my skill set and just, and, and not have a, a hole in my, my swing, so to speak. Um, but if I were to kind of narrow it down, I think, um, as I learned those procedures, the, the minimally invasive procedures that come out, I think I really try to focus on, uh, some of the regenerative medicine. If I can expand that part of, uh, our practice together, I think I'd be really happy with that. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head, right? There's so, there's so much, there's so many options. There's so many ways that we can help patients through, you know, very, very tiny incisions, if, if an incision at all, right? Many of them are just through, you know, a, a you know, a, a relatively moderately sized needle that, that, that can do amazing things. And so, you know, and then now you, you talk about the whole world of, you know, orthobiologics and regenerative medicine, um, you know, and, and like thinking of, you know, where that field has come in just the past, you know, decade or so, like it's, 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 it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and we're all picking it up in our practice. We're trying to do, I think, you know, everyone should be doing uh, everything because we have the capability to do it. Um, and that's, you know, that's a great thing about our practice. There's no stepping on each other's toes. We're all doing the, the procedures and we have the, the patients to share. Um, so that makes it really fun, you know, doesn't it? I, 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 I love the fact that we have people, you know, pushing in all different directions. We have, you know, we have the, we have those options. We have the, and we have the ability to be able to you know, lean on each other. Right. I mean, I think that's the, at the end of the day, that's the best thing about group practice is, you know, as, as you're learning, you know, you, you bring it back and we all get together and you get to tell us about it. And, you know, as Dr. Carvelis learns something new, he brings it back and we all get to learn about it. You know, the same thing with, with, with Dr. Hastings and Dr. Reddy and, and all down the line, right. We, everybody kind of, you know, explores new things. Uh, you know, we all continue, you know, aggregating that ed education and, and, and that skill set. And that's hundred percent true. Yeah, it's exactly, you're, you're saying exactly what I hear from other physicians who are solo. They always lament the fact that they don't have other physicians on their level. You know, they might have MAs and or what have you, but they don't have another physician to speak to bounce ideas off of. And we have that here. Yeah. It's a great benefit of a group practice and what, and so here's the other thing, right? So you train, we happen to train with some similar training, but, uh, Dr. Carvalho's trained somewhere else, or maybe, and Julie Hastings comes in, and she comes in from a different place uh, and uh, trains from somewhere else. And so we can all take a little bit of training from somebody else and pick, put it together and try to maximize our own abilities, right? Yeah. And that's beautiful. And so we pick each other's brains, make each other better. 
Um, and so that's the great thing about group practice is a great benefit. About Absolutely. Uh, and so um, yeah, that's, I think that's valuable to know too for, for people who are out there trying to figure out what which route they want to go and what are some of the pros and cons. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Right. I mean, I, you know, I, I think about, you know, the difference that, you know, each of us have made in the, you know, six years or whatever it's been since we came out of fellowship. And, you know, if I think about like, where, where, where would I be? And I, you know, I, I think I'm a relatively, you know, aggressive in terms of trying to accumulate education kind of person um, and, and skill sets, but I'm exponentially better than I would be uh, uh, you know, otherwise, because of having you and Nick and, and and the rest of the team as a part of our group, right? If if I was doing it on my on my own, Nick and, and you, <laughs> oh, I mean, right? Like, yeah. like I mean, it, it would, it, 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 for sure. Like, I mean, you know, I I of course, you know, you do things for for years. You do you know thousands of procedures. You 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 go to courses. You read papers. You do everything. You're gonna get better. But how? But so much better because of the fact that you have other people there to, you know, just you know, like I said, just keep kind of multiplying that education together, and 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 really, I think pushing it right, pushing each other right. You know, I mean, I, I see you do a cool pre- procedure. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I want to see. I want to. I want to do that or something like along those lines, right? I mean, I mean, probably probably both of us. It's more when Dr. Carellis does something out of the box. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think yeah, maybe, maybe we should figure that out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, no, no, it's, uh, but it, but it does. I, I think, I think what you said is exactly, it's exactly right. It's exactly true. So that's, it's great fun being able to work in a practice. Like, so I think that makes it a lot more easier to learn too, or want to learn. Um, and so I'm appreciative of the fact that that's for certain. Uh, well, I'm appreciative of you being so open and, and honest with telling your story. And, you know, I think, I, I think it's going to be a story that brings a lot of value to, to everybody out there. Um, you know, and so, but in closing, is there, are there, are there any kind of final thoughts? I mean, like I said, our, our average, I don't know, I, I always say our average person, but I don't know if it's true, but I think, I think, you know, if we aggregate the listeners, we got, you know, a, med students and, and early residents are make up a large population of uh, the people that listen to, to our podcast. You know, if you have something to, to leave people at that stage of their careers with, uh, what do you have for them? Uh, I think, yeah. At the risk of reiterating what I said before, I think for a medical student, um, if you're a medical medical student, you're already doing the right things. Uh, you're on the right track. Keep doing what you're doing. I think a lot of the anxiety at that stage is trying to figure out, make sure you pick the right field, right? Um, I, I would love to hear your advice. Mine would be, I, I think if you're in medical school, you're obviously a thoughtful person. You're trying to kind of go with your gut. You, narrow down some of the things you like what you don't like it's really tough at that stage trying to figure out what you trying to project your life what you want what you want it to be in the future your priorities change you you get married you have kids time um things change right what how you value what you value uh also changes so you do the best you can a doctor is a doctor is a doctor and at the end of the day you're going to enjoy doing what you're doing because you're helping people that you're you have the altruistic mentality and i think um it's going to come through. You just try to make a list, try to think about it. You pick your field and you go forward um, and try not to doubt it. If you're a resident coming out um, and let's say, especially if you're in physical medicine, rehab and and human are going into pain. um, You're, I think your decisions are going to be, do I join a group practice? Am I going to try to go solo? Um, Am I going to join a big healthcare organization? I could kind of circle back to that 
you know, I worked at Kaiser, which is uh, on the West Coast, is a big healthcare organization and a closed system practice. It was fine. It was great. Um, I worked with some great guys there. The department was great. And that's why I went there. The, the, uh, the uh, physicians I was going to be working with there, the ladies and gentlemen I'd, I'd work with, they were great to work with. Kaiser, the benefits, they make your um, the pluses, I would say, they are, they make the work-life balance really good for you. Um, like I said, when your priorities change, when you're older, maybe you got kids, uh, you don't have to worry about the business aspect of things. Um, you see the patient done um, and you move on. You don't have to re- worry about the business side of things. Uh, and that's helpful for a lot of people. Um, they take care of your retirement benefits, um, you know, things like uh, disability insurance. They take you really, they take good care on that end. I think some of the, uh, they make a life a lot really easy. I think the golden handcuffs is the joke there to put the golden handcuffs on you. The downside, I would say it can get, you have to be okay with, how do I put this? It's your, your, your tools, your toolbox can shrink a little bit. Um, so they partition, you know, what, what departments do, which procedures, for example, spinal cord stimulator was done at, at San Francisco. I wasn't allowed to do more Ram Martinez. So that was, a, that was my skill set. Uh, shrinking there, and I had to be careful. If I, if I, if you go too long, you lose the skill altogether. Um, so that was one of the drawbacks. Um, a couple of the other things you might not um, appreciate at the time, but even though they get you back on the back end with great benefits and pension program things like that, um, your salary might be a little bit lower at the beginning of your career or midway through as compared to private practice or other positions outside of uh, Kaiser or something along those lines. Um, and then I would say uh, the other drawbacks besides the, the skill set and the lower salary um, is um, that you don't have much room to operate outside of Kaiser. You, don't, you can't go and do guest lectures. You can't do um, you know, medical legal work. You can't do things like that. And so that's the, that's one of the drawbacks. So it does kind of confine you to kind of pigeonholes you a little bit. Now, I, I don't, um, so that's, I can only speak to my experience there. I thought it was, having said that, I still enjoyed it. It was great. I didn't leave because I was unhappy. So I have to point that out. Uh, I, leave, I left out of necessity. Like my wife made me. And, uh, <laughs> but um, but the, I think those are some of the important things. I think, you know, I was happy there. You could be happy there. But if you're more of a go-getter and you know you want to build something, I think maybe Kaiser's not your place um, and, and you want to expand. Maybe that's not the place. But if you know, hey, listen, I'm, I'm okay showing up nine to five, kind of doing my thing, see my patients, not worry about it, anything else, just deliver great patient care. And um, then, you know, that's, that's definitely could be a place for you. Um, it kind of reminded me of the VA. Uh, a little bit, right? And then we all know about academic centers. Um, it was, I would compare it closer, more closely to the VA uh, setting. And for PMR, that's easy to, if you're a resident, do you know what to relate it to in terms of uh, the type of pace, the work pace? Um, and then if you talk to your attendings, you know, the pace, salary, all that stuff. So you can kind of extrapolate from there because it's really similar. Yeah. Well, I, I think the, the, the best piece of advice you gave in the, the entire uh, interview was uh, that you listened to your wife. Happy wife, happy life. Uh, which, which I think is probably the, the perfect way to end our conversation today um, because I want to let you get back to your wife. And, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, I think it's, it's something that, you know, that, that we can all uh, appreciate that, 
you know, being able to, to, to keep those close to us and our lives happy, obviously always is, is important for our quality of life. Um, and so, you know, quite possibly the best advice we can give any of the, uh, any, anybody out there, happy wife, happy life. Man, thanks for having me on. Have you, uh, have we done one of these for you? I know. All right. I'm going to, we're going to switch this around. <laughs> yeah, ask you the question. We're going to do it. Yeah, maybe one of these days. <laughs> I like I like being in the interviewer seat. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, everybody. Stay tuned for those legal disclaimers, and we will talk to you next week. Now for that legal disclaimer. This podcast is for information and educational purposes only. It is not meant to be medical advice. If anything discussed may pertain to you, please seek counsel with your health care provider. The views expressed are those of the individuals expressing them. They may not represent the views of Spine and Nerve Diagnostic Center.